0: Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Lauren O'Neill.
1: And I'm Nico Bakulich.
0: And let's get biblical.
1: Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh,
0: one thing we got to tell you is I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I'm now an atheist.
1: And another thing we have to tell you, because there's more than one and my co-host is a, a liar. <laughs> Is that I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast.
0: And it's not for children because we cuss a lot. This is a pretty tame book that we're doing this week, but we, will, we get through with it. We'll definitely say fuck a bunch. Mm-hmm. So don't teach your children about the Bible with our podcast unless they're really cool children.
1: And you want them to know the phrase fuck a bunch. Like
0: <laughs> that that uh delicious breakfast cereal. Mm-hmm. A bunches of fucks.
1: <laughs> sure, sure.
0: A metric fuck a bunch. Mm-hmm. In any case, normally I read the NIV, and you read the New Standard de versions Zav. That's right, as but it's called in the old language. We're doing another apocryphal book today. Nico, tell the people what book we're reading today. We're, we're
1: reading something that's commonly called the Didache, or possibly Didac. Didache. Didache.
0: Or Didache. <laughs>
1: So, neither of the ones that I suggested were right. Correct. Awesome. But it looks Incorrect. like- Incorrect. It looks like, it's spelled D-I-D-A-C-H-E. Yes. Uh, and it looks like you have a didache.
0: A like, didache. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. little baby
1: has a didache. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, I don't
1: know what a did is, but it hurts.
0: It is from the same root word as the English didactic. And so. it's
1: so called because- The heading at the start of it, or one of the first lines, Mm -hmm. is the Lord's teaching through the 12 apostles to the nations.
0: Yes. So nations can also be translated as Gentiles. (gasps) No. You may remember from our interview with Dr. Jason Staples, Mm -hmm. he quoted something from the Old Testament with the word nations in it, Mm -hmm. the fullness of the nations. And the word nations in Hebrew was goyim, Mm -hmm. or goys. So, um. It's like we're already in fast facts.
1: And that delights you, doesn't it? It's just You wish you like, could live your whole life in Fast I Facts. I would
0: I would like ideally to just live in like fun fact town.
1: You want to pop a pop a tent, unroll that sleeping bag, and just live in Fast Facts.
0: I would never live in a tent. But so it's Greek for the teaching. Mm-hmm. Didache didactic, teaching. Um written around the year one hundred AD. So Pretty early, um, around the same time as, like, the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting because it's written by early Jewish Christians. So it shows this interesting point in history when Christianity was still, like, largely a Jewish sect.
1: Mostly underground. Um, Hadn't hit the mainstream yet.
0: But it was just starting to hit the mainstream and mm-hmm. just starting to to include more and more Gentiles. Um, so this gives us an idea of how like Jewish Christians who weren't Paul dealt with that. We've seen how Paul deals with it, which is to basically just say like, we're done with Jewish laws entirely. Mm-hmm. Don't pay any attention to that. Um, but this gives us some insight into how a different group of people were handling it at around the same time. We previously did an episode on 2nd Clement, which was the oldest surviving Christian sermon. And this is the oldest surviving Christian catechism. A Catechism being basically like a little summary of a church's core beliefs. Mm. Before we settled, before some people, church fathers, settled on the... Not church mothers? Uh No the church mothers were 100% not included in this process. Shout out to all
1: my church moms of, out there. of
0: uh deciding what would go in the canonical new testament. Uh-huh. So before like we have before we had the one that we have now, um lots of different church fathers put together lots of different canons. And they were
1: I had a big competition see which one could fire the furthest. Apologies for the pun. Yes, <laughs> I understand.
0: Get off. Get off this podcast.
1: No. Get the day you learn how to do the tech, I'll get off the podcast.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so the Didache was sometimes included in those canons. So basically it was, it came really close to being in the regular old normal Bible mm-hmm. that we have today, um, but it ultimately got edited out and then it got lost for centuries and wasn't rediscovered until 1873 yeah. in some library in Constantinople. In so, some
1: codex or other. I love when people find things in codices.
0: <laughs> codices. Is
1: there anything cooler than finding something and just being like, you know, at first I thought it was just a couple seared pages in a in a, in a a dusty room, but as I investigate, I think I might have a codex on my hand. Yeah, so... On my hands?
0: My, I think I might have a codex on my face. <laughs> it's weird that just by chance we lost this book for centuries mm-hmm. when... With just like slightly different look, it would be in the New Testament, and everyone would know it. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it further later, but there's like not that much in here that I would consider objectionable.
0: Yeah, it's it is like you can see it's pretty, pretty, pretty straight ahead, pretty mainstream, pretty, pretty standard. Ahead Christianity, um, yeah. in fact, let's should we like start with chapter one? <laughs> I'm just gonna like throw a crazy idea look,
1: out. there. You are crazy. <laughs>
0: you, she I gets, know. Look,
1: she gets crazy. I'm like
0: so random. <laughs> um okay so chapter one it starts off with this well with the the sort of title which is the teaching of the lord through the 12 apostles to the nations or the gentiles Mm -hmm. and then it starts off by saying there are two paths one of life and one of death and the difference between the two paths is great so the first four chapters are about the path of life and all the stuff that you're supposed to do in order to be a good person um Basically just a summary of, like, the most important parts of Christianity in terms of, like, how you live your life. Yeah. To this group of people at this time.
1: Which, as presented, makes for a pretty compelling little document.
0: Yeah. The first chapter, honestly, is, like, Christianity at its best. Yeah. It's, like, really good.
1: Let me give you a little taste of that. (laughs) The way of life, then, is this. First, you shall love God who made you. Second, love your neighbor as yourself. And do not do to another what you would not want done to you.
0: Yes. And so that, that Jesus in the Gospels definitely said, you know, two, two most important commandments are love your God and love your neighbor. Got the, the fucking golden rule in here.
1: Mm-hmm. Looking shiny and bright.
0: You're not going to, you know, what are you going to argue with the golden rule? You can't do that.
1: No, it's masses. Incredible.
0: Love your enemies. Turn the other cheek. If someone steals your cloak, give him your shirt as well. All stuff that's like pretty much directly from the Gospels, particularly the Gospel of Matthew, Mm -hmm. which whoever wrote this may have read or may have been working from a similar from like the same source. Um, Give to everyone who asks and do not ask for anything back. If anyone receives because he is in need, he is without fault. But one who receives without a need will have to testify why he received what he did and for what purpose. And he will be thrown in prison and interrogated about what he did and he will not get out until he pays back every last cent. Okay, so I'm not necessarily in favor of a debtor's prison, mm-hmm. but this is a metaphorical debtor's prison, I think. Um, and I like that it's making giving to the needy and not taking more than you need, like one of the highest values in Christianity. It's like, this goes in chapter one. Everyone needs to know this.
1: Yeah. A uh, little bit of of weirdness among the the path of light. Or the path of life, right? This isn't a video game. There's no path of light. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this isn't Wonderwall by Oasis. Mm-hmm.
1: This isn't Fastball by...
0: Uh, Isn't Fastball the band?
1: Is it? Yeah, it is the band.
0: This isn't The Way by Fastball.
1: This isn't The Way by Fastball. This is The
0: Way, the truth, and the light of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. our Lord and Savior.
1: Just like it says in the song. Um, in Among All of That, it says, you shall not hate any man, but some you shall reprove, and concerning some you shall pray, and some you shall love more than your own life.
0: What do you make of that?
1: The only thing I think is kind of weird is is it tells you that you're going to have to reprove some men.
0: Oh, yeah. But you don't hate them. You just are like, hey, you're fucking up.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Do better, please.
1: I just feel like I need, I might need, personally, more specific instructions about how to reprove someone Christianly.
0: <laughs> Fair. Without,
1: um, without, you know, falling into any of the way of death traps yeah, that they yeah. enumerate so carefully later in the text. Um,
0: it also says, for it has also been said concerning this, let your gift to charity sweat in your hands until you know to whom you give it. So.
1: Don't give your charity too early don't or Don't give often. to the Red Cross. <laughs> don't
0: give to Susan G. Komen. Don't, you know, give to every GoFundMe you get on Charity Navigator. Do your due diligence Mm -hmm. while your hot little hands cover your donation in sweat. Um,
1: Sweaty money is still good money.
0: uh, What's weird is that uh, this quote is not anywhere in any other text that is, like, extant. So It's a good quote, though. Yeah, it is a good quote, but, like, where did it come from? I have no idea. There must be some other... It's in. It's somewhere. Don't know where.
1: Maybe it's one of the one of those mysterious letter sources. You know, like the the Q. Yeah. Or the P.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's a just from some some letter. Maybe it's Z. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's.
1: I have always N-ye. suspected Z.
0: <laughs> Chapter two. We're still on that end of
1: the line on that path. He's hiding back there.
0: <laughs> He's so mysterious. <laughs>
1: It's so funny when he gets like this.
0: (laughs) He's so random. He is so random. Chapter two, uh, no murder, no adultery, no pederasty. Great, great, great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm on board. Um, Then, of course, it gets a little questionable. I think Uh, do not use enchanted potions. Do not practice magic. Do not abort a fetus or kill a child that is born. Uh, I definitely don't. Kill a child that is born. Covered, I agree Covered under murder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other stuff is all fine. Enchanted potions? Especially the enchanted potions. What?
1: You can't be coming out.
0: But especially the abortions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, abortions aside, I can't believe you're coming out in favor of potions. Why?
0: <laughs> potions? Who would say no to an enchanted potion?
1: You should. Everyone should Why? say no. Why?
0: What's it going to do for me? You can't trust those witches and warlocks, Why honey. Why
1: not? In this season
0: of all seasons? <laughs> October?
1: That's right. Spooktober.
0: That's when the enchanted potions have the most power.
1: I know, but that's when they're most risky as well. Mm. When when the, the double Ws walk among us, the witches, the witches and, and the warlocks. And the,
0: and the warlocks. <laughs> uh, don't cover your neighbor's property. Don't lie. Don't be greedy. Don't hate. Don't be prone to anger.
1: Also in that list, nice... Uh, thing that I like is not pitying a poor person, not laboring for the afflicted. Those are things that you should not do.
0: Yeah. Double negative.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's on the list in both positive and negative that you got to be out there yeah. working for the poor. Yeah.
0: It's do's and don'ts. It's mm-hmm. both do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. Snubs and flubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be full of passion. Don't cuss. Um, Don't do astrology and don't complain. That's not, I can't, I can't stay on that path. Many
1: of those things you enjoy a lot.
0: I'm gonna wander off that path. The park is gonna have to come collect in, me.
1: In my translation, cussing is turned into uh being a filthy talker.
0: Oh, mine says don't be foul mouthed mm. is what is what don't mine be says. a filthy talker. Yeah. I, I think it's too late for that. With that. I don't
1: know, that makes it makes it much more attractive. Doesn't like, it? In some Doesn't it? <laughs> a filthy talker. I oh, mean like a
0: filthy talker.
1: <laughs> foul mouthed, be like, yeah, you could have just like Eaten like a raw possum, you know. Then your mouth is going to be—it's going to be foul. It's going to be straight foul.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't think he was talking about eating raw possums. Whoever wrote this, it could have been. I don't think he was talking about. Well, that. the great
1: thing about this kind of literature is that everyone's
0: that point of view is was equally about. correct. <laughs> um. Do not create a schism, but bring peace to those who are at odds. Do not. Doubt whether to give or grumble while giving. Do not shun a person in need, but share all things with your brother, and do not say anything is your own. That's right. Property is theft, according to the Didache, Mm -hmm. or Didache, but not Didache. Even though it should be because we say didactic. Do you remember at our high school there was an autodidacts club?
1: Oh, I do now that you say that.
0: Remember how like... Second period. That sounds
1: like the most insufferable group of people that ever existed.
0: Second period, somebody would have to read all the announcements and there would be like a printout and someone like from the class would have to read the announcements. Mm-hmm. And there was always like something about the autodidact Club.
1: You know, I take it back. That doesn't sound like the most insufferable thing of all time. I think there was a Young Republicans
0: Club at her school. Oh, that's terrible. Also, one time there was like something about a Jewish holiday and the girl who had been called upon to read the announcements in that class was like didn't know the word yamaka, mm-hmm. and so she like read it and she was like get your yarmulks on <laughs> <laughs> and the whole class laughed actually the whole class laughed <laughs> that's
1: actually dope though. that's hilarious <laughs> and you know apologies I mean, I, I mean to offend anybody i also think we had an anime club at school I mean, yeah that's
0: true We we did yeah
1: Anime, young Republicans, whatever.
0: It's a a nation of contrasts, our <laughs> high school. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, according to the Didache, you should also beat your children <laughs> and slavery is okay as only long as they deserve it, as the slaves and masters are nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Path of Death only gets one chapter. Mm-hmm. Pretty much just a recap of all the stuff that's forbidden on the path of life. Uh, it says, first of all, the path of death is evil and filled with a curse. Murders, what
1: you'd expect, pretty much. Murders,
0: adulteries, passions, sexual immoralities, robberies, rapacious acts, false testimonies, etc., etc. It says, people on the path of death love what is vain and pursue a reward, showing no mercy to the poor, nor toiling for the oppressed, not knowing the one who made them. Murderers of children and corruptors of what God has fashioned who turn their backs on the needy, oppress the afflicted, and support the wealthy. There you have it. Friends, do not support the wealthy. property is theft
1: <laughs> one thing I like in this the show
0: is going full communist <laughs> I'm taking over it's a revolution
1: once again it, as soon as the proletariat learn how to do the tech they're welcome to take
0: it <laughs> Are you saying I'm the proletariat in this relationship and you're the bourgeoisie
1: well in a communist revolution that's usually how it goes <laughs> I'm, uh, who are we rebelling against hmm.
0: Hmm, the man <laughs> <laughs> I'm the man. Oh, you're right. You are the man. I am the, the proletariat.
1: At least that's what I say to myself in the mirror every day.
0: <laughs> I'm the man.
1: Get myself enough courage to get out the goddamn front door. One thing I like in this in this fake Bible book is- uh, It was almost real. Yeah, you know, almost real. And it totally existed. Um, I
0: think it's less fake than, than, for example, the acts of Peter. <laughs> with,
1: with the talking dog?
0: With the magic trick show. Come on. This is a little real. That was that. real entertaining. That, well, fair. I mean, honestly, I would rather read that than this. It's much It's much more entertaining. Would you just let me
1: spit out what I got to say?
0: No, this is part of my communist revolution.
1: <laughs> Going to work out great. Um, history is any judge. The <laughs> text says, my child, flee from every evil thing and from every likeness of it. Be not prone to anger, for anger leads to murder. Be neither jealous nor quarrelsome, nor of hot temper, for out of all of these murders are engendered. Murders. A lot of murders back yeah, then.
0: Yeah, if you get angry, that's like the same as murder. That's like something that Jesus said in the Gospels. Is that true? Yeah. Remember he said, don't be angry because that's... I know
1: having lust in your heart is just as bad as adultery.
0: Yeah, and and in that same passage, it was like, don't be angry because that's the same as murder.
1: Hmm. I mean, it's not, though. Uh... Like, I, ch- I ch- <laughs>
0: Um, if you want to disagree with Jesus Christ, that's that's your prerogative. But uh, I I ran
1: a quick check of that against my life. Uh huh. And it's not true.
0: Well, your life is the the life of a fallen sinner. So.
1: And the bourgeoisie.
0: <laughs> and the bourgeoisie. So. <sighs> I don't know. I'm gonna go with Jesus on this one. Probably. Bourgeois
1: was a word I had no idea how to pronounce when I was young. Uh huh. And I read like six million times. Uh huh. Um, and, I guaranteed in class at some point in high school said Borgoy's. <laughs>
0: oh my god. You're, you're like the Yarmulke girl. I
1: am. I am. But I said it very confidently. Uh, <laughs> I was like, like, what are we rebelling against? the? Well, I mean confidently for like a pimply 15 year old <laughs> scrawn daggler.
0: What? You were extremely good looking. I was so in love with you.
1: But I guaranteed said, you know, a rebellion against the Borgoy's. And somebody was like, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: nope. You didn't watch the cartoon Doug when you were young?
1: I did. But it, well, if his they'd... older
0: sister, Judy, was always complaining that things were so bourgeois. Oh,
1: I, I may have not connected that. Mm,
0: that's like I didn't know that the word camaraderie mm-hmm. and the word that I pronounced camaraderie <laughs> <laughs> were the same word. Because I assumed camaraderie would be spelled like comrade mm-hmm. and then R-Y. But no. <laughs> Camera ready. Camera dairy. It's <laughs> where you get your your pictures developed and you get some milk and cheese.
1: A, a fruitful vein <laughs> of non-Bible related conversation.
0: Everybody's like, um, please shut the fuck up. Get back to the Bible. Okay. We'll get back to the Bible. We're going to get into liturgical rules.
1: And clean up your language when you're talking to us, you piece of shit.
0: <laughs> liturgy. Do you know what liturgy means? Um... It's like a study of uh, how lit something is. I don't know. Yes. The second definition, though, is just like the stuff you do at church. Cool. It's like cool. what's in a church service.
1: My church is the dance floor.
0: Uh-huh. So, and... yeah. So, your liturgy would be like whip, nay-nay, mm-hmm. uh, running man.
1: Electric slide.
0: <laughs> electric boogaloo. hmm And down and... into a lazy Susan. <laughs>
1: Only on the weekends.
0: Um. <laughs> so I was trying to look up. This is like the oldest surviving Christian catechism. So I was trying to look up if it was the oldest surviving Christian liturgy, and I guess it's not technically, but it's it's up there. Um. So this gives us, um, an idea, like a really interesting insight into what, like Jewish Christians were doing at church. Okay. Um. At the time. Mm-hmm. Um. First of all, it says concerning food, bear what you can, which I assume means like generally follow Jewish kosher laws. But if you mess up sometimes, it's not that big a deal.
1: Really? See, when I hear that and read that, I thought it had more to do with the um, the common dinner.
0: Oh, the, the communion. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. It might be. I don't know. In Paul's
1: ministry, he always like everybody.
0: He says everyone can eat what they want. But in this. They no, just, but
1: I mean, but they also had, like, a big, like, supper on, on Sunday. Oh, right,
0: right, right, right. And everybody, yeah.
1: it was like a potluck.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get to that, but... Okay. You remember in 1 Corinthians, Paul said that you can eat food that was sacrificed to idols. hmm And here it says you can't.
1: Cool. Great.
0: So, <laughs> my thing is, I think, you know, Paul was like, you don't need to follow any kosher laws, and you can eat food that was sacrificed to other gods, because other gods aren't real. But I think this church is taking the opposite stance. Mm-hmm. Um, baptism should happen in cold running water. But if you don't have access to that, uh, you can use other water. Just, you know, that's if you can get cold running water. Great. If you have to use still warm water, that's fine. too.
1: I mean, that seems more like a safety concern than a, uh, you know, a spiritual one. Cold uh, running is, is, you know, you shouldn't baptize yourself in a still pond. I mean,
0: eat- yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more likely to be like brain eating amoebas there and stuff. Totally. Yeah you got to
1: keep your brain for Christ. Yeah. You know? Uh,
0: Pour water on the head three times in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And both the baptizer and the baptizee should fast for one or two days in advance. I like how it's like one or two.
1: Well, your church elder will give you specific instructions when your baptism approaches.
0: That's very convenient.
1: Check with your elder. Yeah. (laughs) Is baptism right for you?
0: Check with your local elder.
1: Consult your elder.
0: I feel like we're not baptizing babies yet.
1: True. This seems like, this seems like a a conversion kind of thing.
0: Cause like, I mean, we're at, if we're at the year 100 or thereabouts, there
1: can only be one or two generations of, of Christians.
0: Yeah. But I mean, but there's some babies for sure. True. Um, but
1: again, consult your elder on, on issues. It feels
0: like bringing a baby into a river Uh is going to be maybe a little risky. And, uh, also, I don't think the baby should fast for one day or two days. Who cares? Who cares? It's a baby.
1: What's he going to do wine and shit himself? Yeah. That's all he does anyways. He's going to
0: do that anyways. Uh... <laughs> 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 I mean, look, they're the ones who earlier said you're not supposed to kill babies, quote unquote. So.
1: Ah, you see that. Ah, you're just, just pointing out their hypocrisy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should not feed babies.
0: Um, <laughs> I guess Jews fasted on Monday and Thursday. So they say we're switching to Wednesday and Friday.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Got to have your own days. Although Friday is pizza day. So
0: Friday got taco Tuesday. OK. Mm-hmm. Nobody asked. Nobody has to fast on Tuesday. That's right. Everybody wants those tacos. Mm-hmm. Pray the Lord's Prayer three times per day. Interesting that the the Lord's Prayer is like very much. It's it's still the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's crazy to think that like it's not crazy. It's like the whole point. But it's interesting to think that this thing that I learned when I was a very little kid and that millions of people say every day mm-hmm. is like two thousand years old.
1: No, I mean it. It it is crazy. I mean, like it is crazy. And the point that you have a thing that unites you with. The history of, yeah, of humankind.
0: With like other Christians throughout the entire history of Christianity.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> Should we take a break? I think we gotta. I think we gotta. We used a lot of energy, so it's time to hydrate. Maybe eat a fucking nut bar. Nut bar? hmm hmm And-
0: Did you remember to pick up nut bars at the store?
1: Yes, I got two cases. You got one two One of c- my <laughs> favorite flavor and one of your favorite flavors. What
0: are our favorite flavors?
1: Uh, mine, of course, is- Pecan Butter. <laughs> okay. And yours is Almond Joy.
0: <laughs> I'm into it. It's, are the nut bars actually candy bars with the nuts in them? I'll never tell. Okay.
1: <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back with more Sunday School dropouts. Outs. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. My name is Nico. And I'm Lauren. And we are talking about the
0: Diddy! Didikgye. Did 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 did
1: it's the Didak. Um, it's a book. I think we cover most of that in the first half.
0: Yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to the first half, go back and listen <laughs> to the first half. It's great, by the way. <laughs> um, We're really proud of it. <laughs> Now we are getting to some parts that are juicy for Bible nerds. Oh. Uh, I don't know; <laughs> probably a normal person doesn't care about this, but I'm interested. Hopefully, you're interested too. I'm like certainly here. <laughs> listening. <laughs> I'm definitely in the seat, mm-hmm. talking into a microphone. Get some instructions for communion. Okay. Now, another word for communion is. Eucharist. And I did not know this before, but Eucharist is Greek for Thanksgiving. So in this text, it refers to communion as the Thanksgiving meal. A little
1: turkey. The Eucharist. Cranberry sauce. It's actually... Stuffing and potatoes, please.
0: Very similar to a vegetarian American Thanksgiving meal because it's a lot of bread and wine. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, We also know from 1 Corinthians... That different churches were doing communion in different ways, because mm-hmm. Paul had to be like,
1: "It's all good, whatever." No, no, no. He has to be like, uh, "Y'all's
0: communion is a joke." I see. People are just showing up whenever. Some people are getting drunk. Some people aren't getting any wine at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, so
1: nobody's pouring catch up shots for the people that just got there. Catch <laughs> <laughs> up shot. No, like catching up, oh not ketchup, like, not like catsup,
0: oh, okay, 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 I was like, I don't think they Define had ketchup I don't comment. think they had Heinz, and I'm not sure why you associate that with communion um <laughs> it's like
1: it's red, like the blood of Christ I, I mean, know. we
0: did in my church, we did do grape juice in little uh plastic cups that were similar to the little paper cups that you that you might put ketchup in nice, but uh it was grape juice, <laughs> probably the same amount of sugar as ketchup anyway, uh. According to the Didache, um, it gives it gives a specific little prayer that you're supposed to say over the cup of wine mm-hmm. and then a specific little prayer that you're supposed to say over the, quote unquote, fragment of bread. Did you just have fragment?
1: Uh, I think it just said piece of bread. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, I was confused about it. I was like, hmm, that's an interesting translation choice. Fragment. You
1: take, you take a loaf of bread and you smash it with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> you crack splinters. it yeah into, you crack
0: into fragments
1: that's old bread
0: um and then there's another kind of longer a little bit longer prayer after you eat the bread and wine so communion commemorates the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples he gave them he broke bread and wine and he said that it was his body broken for them that's the symbolism i'm familiar with the bread and wine represent the body and the blood mm-hmm. of Jesus, mm-hmm. which he gave on the cross to save us. Uh, official Catholic doctrine says that the bread and wine transform into flesh and blood literally, mm-hmm. not figuratively. Um, So I thought it was really interesting. These communion prayers in the Didache do not mention that at all. They do not mention the flesh and blood at all. Hmm. They're more. Yeah, you're right. They're based on giving thanks, uh-huh. which makes sense if Eucharist means Thanksgiving. Giving thanks um, and
1: playing pranks.
0: <laughs> it's like, thank you for giving us uh, food and drink, both mm-hmm. physically and spiritually. And then there's also stuff about like the church being gathered together through the witch through the ritual through the ritual. No witches; those are forbidden. Or warlocks or potions. Love those enchanted potions. Uh, church. Being gathered together through this ritual, which is like the communion aspect of it, right? You're in community with all the other people mm-hmm. taking communion.
1: Uh, nothing about flesh or blood. So who invented the weird, gross thing where you eat Jesus?
0: Well, I mean, at the Last Supper, Jesus said, this is my body, according to the Gospels. I don't know right. If he, said, if he said it IRL, but uh, I don't know. It's possible that just um, different different communities...
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this isn't, like, authoritative. This wasn't—in fact, this was lost, so it's kind of the opposite of authoritative, right?
0: Yeah, but it it bordered on authoritative. It was just, like, random chance that it didn't get included, mm. you know? It's, I, I've been— Like,
1: they missed the submission deadline for the Bible it, like by it, a day? Like,
0: that's kind of what it's like, you know, because some some church fathers did include it in their New Testaments. Mm-hmm. So it's, like—it's just wild to me that this thing—just by a stroke of luck— could easily have been super, super normal and everybody knows about it and every Christian knows about it. And instead it became lost. Just by like random chance. Um, also have three whole chapters devoted to how a church should treat people who come around claiming to be prophets. I like that. So this is actually super interesting because I feel like it gives some additional context to all. The stuff that Paul has written that Mm -hmm. we've read in all these Pauline epistles about, like, I visited your church and I could have asked for money, but I didn't. And I worked for my food alongside you and blah, 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 blah. So. I have been thinking of those verses. The way that I was kind of raised with the way that American Christians talk about them. Mm hmm. Which is about like the general idea of welfare, the general idea of charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked in our in our second Thessalonians episode about how Christians will say, you know, like, oh, this verse where Paul says, you know, whoever doesn't work doesn't eat. They'll therefore they'll apply that to, you know, the government welfare system sure. and be like, oh, we need to have employment requirements right. or whatever. Drug tests. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, yeah. Um, so this did key made me think about this in a totally new way because this seems to indicate that there was a problem with people basically going to a church, claiming to be an itinerant preacher or prophet, and then just freeloading off the church's resources.
1: Mm-hmm. Seemed to be a common problem. Yeah. If they gotta write it down.
0: Again, yeah. It's like it's like when we were in the Torah and we mm-hmm. were like, do they really need to write a law about this? And we we're like, you know, they wouldn't write a law if there weren't a problem. Right. Um, and they wouldn't devote three whole chapters of this If there weren't a problem. So the rules here are basically if someone shows up claiming to be an apostle, welcome him in. But then, quote, exercise your critical judgment. (laughs) So if he asks for money, he's a false prophet. If he stays for more than two days, like freeloading, Mm -hmm. he's a false prophet. If he doesn't do what he himself preaches, he's a false prophet. If he wants to stay longer than two days, that's great. Um, he can work at whatever trade he might know, or you can figure out some other way for him to contribute. But if he if he doesn't, if he just wants to be a freeloading preacher, then he's a, quote, Christmonger.
1: The best phrase in the book.
0: Christmonger.
1: I wish that this were part of canon so that the, the word Christmonger would
0: be, mm-hmm. yeah. So.
1: I feel like that should be... <laughs> I want to be named, like, you know, all evil Christmonger. You know, that's like my black metal name.
0: When Paul says, anyone who doesn't work doesn't eat, he's not talking about general charity. He's talking about Christian con artists who claim to be holy but really just want to get money.
1: So the interesting thing about this is this opened up this whole idea of, like, what are the dangers to a new church, you know? And when you have a religion based on like radical charity and acceptance, yeah, you're gonna get scammers. Yeah, you're gonna get people that are trying to scam you out of that out of that charity. Yeah. Money. So this is like practical guidelines for living a life of radical charity. You're yes. Like give and give and give, but on the third day, stop giving
0: <laughs> to a specific type of person mm-hmm. that we've noticed has been scamming.
1: Right. It's just like be. It's it's such a such a.
0: And it specifically fine line says, to walk
1: to be, to be radically charitable and not get scammed. Yeah, and it know?
0: specifically says, like, if a preacher comes in and tells you to give all your money to the poor, that's great. Right. If he tells you to give all your money to him, you gotta watch out. Right. So, yeah, this was really interesting to me because I was thinking, like, I've always thought about it in terms of, like, Paul's talking about welfare recipients, but actually he's talking about Joel Osteen. He's talking about Jim and Timothy Baker, you mm-hmm. know, like he's talking about people who claim to be Christian just to get money, not just random people who may or may not need money. Mm-hmm. He's talking about a specific Christian preacher claiming to need money. And he's not trying to put conditions on the poor. He's trying to prove that he is not a con man. Like, that's what he's doing in those letters. He's right. like, yeah, I know that you've probably seen some scammers come through. That's not me. I worked for my food. We all know.
1: Let me give you a quick rundown of my history. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It also says, like, if you do have a real prophet on your hands, if you do have a real teacher, like, who does provide value to the community by teaching, um, then basically you treat him like a high priest would be treated back in the Old Testament. Like, he gets all the stuff that a Levite would get. Mm-hmm. So he gets... The first portion of the harvest, the first portion of of your batch of oil, et cetera, et cetera. Um,
1: but if there's no prophet around, no elder or whatever, take that and give it to the poor. Give it to the poor. A way, a nice way of integrating, like Jewish customs yeah. with Christian customs.
0: Yeah, really interesting way that like that not you instructions continue...
1: that most Gentiles would be like right. familiar with. I think
0: right. And I had no idea this was ever, you know, like growing up, I had no idea this was ever a part of Christianity. But it's really interesting to see this, just this like small moment where it's transitioning from Jews to Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that's clearly growing out of Jewish tradition is that um, it says, do the Eucharist after you've confessed your sins so that, quote, your sacrifice may be pure.
1: Sac- and what, is, what sacrifice are you doing? I
0: don't know. I don't really get it, but it cites a verse from the Old Testament. It cites a verse from Malachi about how sacrifices need to be pure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand how the Eucharist qualifies as a sacrifice, but clearly this— Because
1: eat the bread?
0: You eat the bread, and you drink the vin, mm-hmm. and you got to do it just after confession so that your sacrifice will be pure. I don't know. I don't get how it's a sacrifice but clearly this community but it, that also is some, of some sort of
1: conflation between the ideas of ritual purity which we talked about a little bit last week mostly how they wouldn't exist in Rome yeah <laughs> which sort of highlights how you know specific this document is to mm-hmm. to holy land christians or ex jewish ones specifically
0: mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure they still thought of themselves as jews at this point mm. um but like jews following the way or whatever Right. by fastball. Um chapter 15 says to elect bishops and deacons doesn't go into any more detail about Everybody knows how hierarchy. a a
1: bishopric election works.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> Um in the like commentary that I read about this on the internet, mm-hmm. it was kind of like
1: My source for all of my news and information.
0: The internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I
1: really am a fan of what they're doing on there. <laughs>
0: Online is a great place. I agree. Uh, I log
1: on almost every day, I have <laughs> to say, like just a little confession.
0: You know how much I love computing. Mm-hmm. I'm computing at least eighteen hours a day. <laughs> I take a small break to sleep, but then I'm back to computing.
1: She can't get enough of it, everybody.
0: um everywhere was kind of like, oh, they you know they didn't have uh this strict church hierarchy yet which i don't i don't know if they did or if they just uh didn't see fit to elaborate on it mm-hmm. in this particular document um but it is weird to me to think like okay there's this group of jews who like are like oh yeah we need to you know treat preachers like the high priests you know like levites mm-hmm. from 2000 years ago or whatever um but also we have bishops
1: that was the weird thing for me is what happens when you have a community that has a bishop or a deacon or a preacher or priest or whatever, and then uh, a traveling prophet rolls by? Mm. What are you going to do? I guess whatever your deacon tells you to do, but you're supposed to treat him nice.
0: Well, I mean, I feel like we've got pretty specific instructions on what to do about the the traveling guy. That's a good point. The bishop is just like, yeah, elect, elect good bishops.
1: But then do you always like give your... Your first fruit to the to the bishop?
0: that's a good question, and I don't know
1: because I feel like if the bishops getting first fruit after two days, doesn't he qualify as like a scoundrel priest, and a I,
0: oh, I don't know. I don't know.
1: He could be some some basic wayfarer.
0: How many of these people are scoundrels? Uh, What's the scoundrel percentage? the scoundrel quotient
1: mm-hmm, the sq? yeah, I say the sq is very high
0: <laughs> it mostly is when I'd you give come, it like a when thir- it comes to religion. thirteen
1: which is of course a weighted mean.
0: <laughs> um get a few more behavioral rules. Uh do you want to go into any of those? No. Great. Then chapter 16, the last chapter is like be on the lookout cuz the day of the lord is nigh. Mm-hmm. Um and if you're not perfect when the time comes, then everything else you've done doesn't count for anything. Uh and you're fucked. So Basically, just try to be perfect at every time because you don't, you don't ever know.
1: That's like you and I once went to... I can't remember where we were. Were we in New Mexico or Arizona? And we went to a church expecting a, uh, a mariachi service of oh, some kind. Oh, that was in San Antonio, That was in Texas. San Antonio, Texas. And we, had heard we were good there things. for the accordion festival. That's right, international accordion festival. That's
0: when we lived in Austin, Texas.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to a church expecting... You know, uh, a service that with a little bit of panache mm-hmm. and flair. At that mm-hmm. point, I knew nothing about Christianity, and I was yeah. perfectly happy. Back and I then.
0: had never been to a Catholic service before. Hmm. That's the only Catholic service I've been to.
1: Anyway, instead, we got the Spanish language service. Yeah, yeah. which was fine because we both speak, spoke enough Spanish to yeah get it. But we they were it. talking about the uh, uh, your party clothes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is yeah in like in the English, like in the NIV, it's like you know, oh, you're like. Um, you're like formal attire or something, you know. And then in Spanish, it was just like
1: vestidos de fiesta, right?
0: Vestidos de fiesta, yeah, yeah your party clothes.
1: And so you were always supposed to be wearing your party clothes, yeah. Which I'm sure be is, ready. Like, is like like basic ass Christianity for everybody. But I was kind of like, oh, maybe the, the the process of like translating it and then trying to absorb it. I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs>
0: uh, it
1: seems like kind of an, an unattainable thing, but like you know,
0: I don't just, think that I don't think of that as basic to Christianity. Um.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't know.
0: But I I guess it is. I guess it kind of is like being ready for the apocalypse at any moment. I mean, it was certainly part of Jesus's teachings. Mm-hmm. um, I've, And clearly it's part of some Christians' uh, beliefs today. But I feel like it's not. That's become like not a fundamental part of Christianity. I don't <laughs> know. But yeah, we did.
1: So bestidos and are, are always in my mind when I think about.
0: I mean, that's that's great, though, because that's exactly, that's what it's... Jesus would be so psyched about that. Hmm, well,
1: if I can make him happy, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's a it's a good day.
0: Um, it talks about, you know... The Maybe he
1: can come back from the past and bring me some of that sweet honey. Oh,
0: yeah, I can bring you that mummy honey.
1: Guaranteed he was buried with some hot-ass honey.
0: He actually probably, like, rotted to death on the cross. I mean...
1: But no, but they then they cleaned him and put him in that cave, right? Yeah,
0: according to the Gospels, yeah. But, like, in real life, he probably was just eaten by dogs.
1: Even better if I don't have to deal with any creepy mummies. I can just get the sweet honey. <laughs> Less chance of curses.
0: Um, <laughs> yep, that's exactly how to think about Jesus' death. We've definitely uh, come to the correct Darling, when conclusion. you're a honey
1: hunter like I am...
0: <laughs> you don't care about death. You just care about that sweet sweet honey that never goes bad
1: Mm -hmm. and avoiding curses
0: chapter 16 of the didache outlines there's going to be an antichrist uh there's going to be a resurrection of the dead etc etc uh hold on to your asses the last line is then the world will see the lord coming on the clouds of the sky dot 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 and then my translation that i read has a footnote that says the conclusion is evidently lost.
1: Perfect. That's how it should go. You don't want too much detail about the end of the world. Agreed. That being said, I think it's time to rate this book.
0: I think it's time to rate this book. How would you rate this book, such as the Didache? I
1: think I'm going to give this one uh, 11 out of 15 Christmongers. Okay. Uh, A couple reasons. Number one, I feel like it's a very nice distillation of some of the best parts of christianity
0: mm-hmm. so chapter what, one is just like i wish chapter one i wish like the entirety of christianity was just chapter one of the didache
1: i feel like you could just throw this at the at the front of the new testament and be like hey here's what it's all about like you know you'll read a lot of other stuff and there'll be characters and whatever maybe not before the gospels but kind of also before the gospels <laughs>
0: Maybe immediately after.
1: Yeah, it's got some weird Before stuff. Before John, it's got some stuff you know that's not the cool parts of Christianity, you know, in it as well.
0: Yeah, like no cussing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wanna I wanna speak filthy style.
0: It's, I wanna be foul mouthed.
1: Now that I know that I can talk filthy, that it's a possibility. Uh huh. I gotta talk filthy I gotta all to the talk time. Filthy. Uh, also. As a as an inspirational document of of faith, which is not really what it's supposed to be, right? It's supposed to be like an instruction manual on how to be Christian. Yeah, it's just like you know, I don't really need instructions on how yeah, to do because you're
0: not a Christian. Yeah,
1: how to do a, a bunch of this stuff. Yeah, so just for personal relevance, I got to dock a couple points, but I <laughs> still feel like it's a strong score for an apocryphal book.
0: Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna give it similarly. Uh. Nine out of thirteen mm-hmm. fragments of bread mm-hmm. um,
1: <laughs> who cracked that bread?
0: <laughs> who cracked that bread? cracked
1: that loaf into a thousand pieces
0: I uh mainly just because it's so interesting historically, mm-hmm. just like I growing up had no idea about the transition between Judaism and Christianity, mm-hmm. and uh the pauline epistles have given me more insight into that but in a very weird slanted way mm-hmm. and uh this was such an interesting insight into what else was happening aside from paul um but you know whatever it's it's like it's very mainstream christianity in terms of
1: which is remarkable for something from 100 AD
0: yeah um it's it would fit right in in the new testament mm-hmm. uh And so, you know, I like kind of the standard things that I like about Christianity, which is like giving to the poor and forgiveness um, and being kind. And I don't like the stuff that I don't like about Christianity, which is like sexual purity and, uh, you know, being nice (laughs) and not swearing. Kindness
1: Um, is good. Being nice is bad.
0: Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's hard. I'm not that into it personally
1: (laughs) well that settles it we've definitively reviewed that text and it can be filed away yeah
0: and we never have to think about it again
1: but what we do have to think about right now is there's this bulging bag it's
0: not it's there's only one item in the bag it's It's a
1: wispy bag
0: (laughs) a wispy bag
1: specifically we're talking about that mail bag and when I reach into it oh it's just a wisp of a letter let me pull it out and blow the dust off.
0: I see you noticed me blowing the dust off this letter. <laughs> Didn't see you there.
1: Okay, <laughs> my my antique letter opener with the head of a a raven <laughs> below the blade. Of course, the crest of my family.
0: Would you just read the email?
1: <laughs> Our listener, Isabel wrote in to say that she greatly appreciates how the podcast, quote, allows her to pretend that she knows loads about the Bible, particularly useful for pub quizzes, end quote. Hell yeah. Our goal is achieved. Hell yeah. Helping people quiz better. Quiz Better is the name of our production. uh,
0: Oh, Quiz Better LLC. mm -hmm. Yes.
1: Quiz Better Productions. She also sent us a beautiful chocolate lab named Maisie to bless. Oh, Maisie. Oh. So to Maisie, I say, say your prayers, give to charity. And engage in all your activities as you have learned in the gospel of our Lord.
0: My mom also wanted me to curse her cat, Revis. I swear we've cursed Revis before. But she did send me a picture of the squirrel, the headless squirrel that he brought into her house.
1: That's a fresh cursing.
0: Uh, So we're going to curse him again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, so I say to Revis, You will be thrown in prison and interrogated about what you did, and you will not get out until you pay back every last cent.
1: To to, what the family to the the family of the
0: squirrel, I guess. Yeah, they didn't have to rip the head off. Come on.
1: I don't know. I don't know what he had to do. He was he's working from different assumptions than I am. (laughs) That's true. And now we have reached the end of this episode of Sunday School Dropouts. Uh, I want to thank you for. Sticking with us all the way through. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's
0: been a didactic pleasure. That's right.
1: Didactism is something we're familiar with.
0: Now we are. Uh, If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Lauren E. O'Neill, spelled like Shaquille spells O'Neill.
1: If you want to follow the show, which is what I would have led with, considering that's what we're doing, you can follow the show (gasps) on Twitter at Sunschool.com. Yeah, I guess who
0: runs that? Me. So it's just following me anyway. But I will say friends and listeners and buddies of this podcast they we have 99 itunes reviews here's the 99th review it's from tina kills she gave us 9 out of 10 Campbell squeezing through the eye of a needle and said that she's a christian but can still appreciate the wacky uh nonsensical parts of the bible and how it was frankenstein together um and then also uh still find the beauty in other parts Ninety nine, fucking reviews. That means one more, and Nico has to join Twitter. At That's the right. Worst possible time to join Twitter, when it's full of Nazis and some people now have two hundred eighty characters.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, wild world out
0: there. It's a www dot weird wild world dot mm-hmm. slash http colon slash slash Follow Nico at his website, n i k o b a k u l i c h dot hcom Elise Carlton did our logo, and it's amazing. Nico did our sound engineering and editing and music, ed, and they're also amazing.
1: We will see you next week on Sunday School Dropouts. Just a reminder, we love you very much, and we're proud of you every day you get up and do what you gotta do.
0: I'm Lauren. I'm Nico. And we'll see you on Sunday. Bye.
1: Evening.